I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, greetings. We are, we are, we're going to go dark, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I guess I, I think we need to get it out of the way right off the bat here. Okay. So before we start this and well, Mark, how are you doing? Let's start there before we go <laughs> super dark, I guess. Right. What we, do we want a trigger warning for my, how am I doing? Oh, maybe. <laughs> Trigger warning uh, that no, Mark we're, may we're, not we're, be doing well. No, just kidding. <laughs> we're getting ready to, uh, you know, leave the bunker and head to our new bunker. Uh, oh, yes. Up, up, up near your bunker. Yes, mountains, mountains. Now it's going to be slowly exciting. take over the world by, uh, you know, as we, as we listen to Jonathan Colton's Skull Crusher Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's 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 each of our theme songs now. So. Well, I I think in, inadvertently and completely inadvertently, we are moving up next to Bigfoot and several other other of our friends. Yes, yes, and we've got events coming up. I am still recovering from recent events. You know, we did that long trip with uh, Small Town Monsters, and then we did Spookala, and uh, you know, it's just been you know one event after another and uh getting gearing up for our next round of trips so please follow our website to see oh, yeah. be or any of our socials at eerie travels they have the lists our our facebook and uh instagram and all that you know you can find out where we're going to be and yes uh, and, and going yeah. to conventions the way we do and stuff con crud is a thing yes so i've i've mostly recovered but it definitely uh took a toll so oh, I, I get it, my friend. I get it, my friend. I, you know, got back from traveling myself and then we're going to be re-traveling. There's so much traveling that's going to happen. It's kind of amazing. Travel, travel, travel. It's like the travel, show is travel. Eerie Travels. Yeah. Eerie Travels and we're traveling. Okay. Well, with that, then I'll move into the trigger warning. So for those listening, this particular episode is going to get into some very graphic murders, deaths, and attempted murders. And unfortunately, uh, 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 racism on a scale that's not really great. So if any of this is something that's a trigger for you, please feel absolutely free to skip this episode, but be aware that throughout this entire episode, these things are going to be mentioned. So official trigger warning in place. Yep. And for those of you who read the title, uh, you know, on your, on your listening charts, you know what we're going to be talking about, but you probably don't know the whole story or, you know, maybe you do. I mean, we are, this is a very well-researched case uh, through history, and it is still classified as unsolved. Yikes, yikes. And the, this particular episode is the New Orleans, Nolens, as they say, I'm not going to be yelled at in an email about that, the Nolens um, Axeman. Yes, yes, the the Jazz Axeman of New Orleans. So, uh why jazz? Why X Man? Well, he liked to use an axe. He also apparently liked jazz music, and we'll get to that. Uh, so, for those of you who know him from American Horror Story or possibly uh, the originals, and I even think uh, Chuck Palahook uh, from Fight Club brought him in one of his books, Haunted, had a yeah. story with him. So, um, yeah, so this guy's been around the pop culture circle a little bit. So he's so some people know that stuff. Okay. But 
We're going to go uh, in. Um, for the originals, that, of course, is the TV show. But which season of American Horror Story was he in? Oh, he was in Coven, of course, because they were in New Orleans. Of so. course, I just, I was going to say that season three is Coven. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and uh, and they've revisited it again, but they haven't revisited Axeman. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so what is the Jazz Axeman of New Orleans? Okay, so basically from May of 1918 to October 1919, that's over a year. New Orleans, Louisiana was panicked and it was basically one of the first reported serial killers in America dubbed the Axeman. Now, of course, H.H. Holmes and others have predated this, but this is the first one really that that got kind of that name. Um, And the first victim... Well, let me just, let me say it's there because a true crime aficionado. uh, One of the things that I think is, even when H.H. Holmes was doing what he did, because it took a lot of research to actually go down the rabbit hole of what he did. That was, you know, he did have his murder house, which a lot of people talk about, but that was, he went around and killed people several places. Long before that, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, we had Drack the Ripper, you had, you know, the Ripper of Yorkshire, you had some of these people that had done things like that. But I think it was that the coin serial killer didn't come up until um, more these times, like the actual terms of serial killer and stuff like that was not talked about these ways. They're just maniacs or psychopaths and stuff like, not even psychopaths. So anyway. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, continue. Continue on with okay. your axe man. So basically, the first victims. We start there because we don't know what happened before this, right? There is this just suddenly out of nowhere, um, a an Italian grocer named Joseph Maggio and his wife, Catherine, on the evening of May 23rd, 1918, they were sleeping in their apartment above their grocery store that they owned and Which is very common if you owned a store yep yeah and um they had their throats slit and then their heads were bashed in with an axe oh wow not for the faint of heart no not at all because that We're seems starting a, like right there that's a little bit of overkill so yes. So when law enforcement arrives to investigate, they find more bloody clothes on the floor. Obviously, the murderer changed out of his clothes before leaving the scene. Whoa. Now, they ruled out robbery as a motivation because money, valuables, everything was left in plain sight and not stolen. Wow. Uh, and there, near the couple's home was a message written in chalk on the road that said, Mrs. Joseph Maggio will sit up tonight. Just write Mrs. Tony. What? T-O-N-E-Y, Mrs. Tony. So okay. investigators immediately start questioning everybody, right? Yeah. No immediate suspects. Uh, but everybody's pretty much released for lack of evidence. They got nothing on this guy. Um, And then 
a month passes and another couple is attacked. And this is in the early hours of June 27th, 1918. Louis Bessemer, a grocer, again, another grocery store person, and his wow. mistress, Harriet Lowe, were living in quarters at the back of their store, not above their store, but behind their store. And Bessemer had been struck with an ax above his right temple, and Lowe had been hacked over her left ear. Though badly injured, both were still alive. And wow. once again, people questioned, and one man was arrested, but they were all later released. Interesting. And this crime suddenly started making more national news now because of the scandal of a mistress being involved, right? Okay. Um, um, so Lowe's face, her face, was partially paralyzed. And they had surgery to try to correct it. And two days later, she died. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, but before she died, she said that it had to be her husband who did it. Yeah, her, uh, um, or, or, or possibly Lewis, the owner. She couldn't tell. And so Louis uh, got charged with murder. And he actually served nine months in prison and before he before he got acquitted. Well, I'm assuming he's gonna get acquitted by um uh the fact that this axeman killed again. Um not oh well yeah because <laughs> I mean it's August. one thing because you see that unfortunately in a lot of true crime situations where people get put in jail when there is a serial killer and then they kill again and then they kill again and sometimes the people who were arrested are left in jail even though the same exact murders occur you know yeah. like it's it's actually kind of scary how screwed up the justice system can be at times yeah so our third attack August 5th was made on a Mrs. Edward Schneider who was eight months pregnant. What? 28-year-old, she was laying in bed and she awoke to see a dark figure standing over her. And then she was bashed in the face repeatedly. Shortly after midnight, she was discovered by her husband who was just then returning from work. Her scalp had been cut open. Her face was completely covered in blood. She survives and gives birth to a healthy baby girl two days later. What? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's it's interesting, the disfigurement aspect of this occurring. Because, you know, first of all, an axe is um, not just like a hatchet, but an actual axe yeah. is heavy it's very heavy i know for people you know it's it's one of these things where i think unless you've actually picked it up kind of like a sledgehammer is very heavy it's you know they we see it in the tvs and the movies you can just wield it around but an axe is heavy and to put an axe into somebody's head especially because maybe with the first blow they're not moving but they're moving around 
right? And the thing is with this also, people think, uh, you know, when you hear this story, they think he brought his own ax. No, he found an ax at every house and what? used their axes. So he used their own tools against them. He had so also- That's all this super shitty list, my friends. Yeah, he also, to get into these places, he was using a chisel and he was chiseling out panels of back doors of these grocery stores to get in. And unless he was a tiny guy, but every description that the few people that got descriptions of him said he was big, dark, and, and hulking, you know, you know, then I don't know how he would fit through this little hole. So one assumes that he reached up through the hole that he had made in the door and let himself in. So, well, did, so is it always grocery stores that he's attacking? So far. So far, yeah. And is it, um, but it's interesting that he's not, he's doing it when the husbands are not home in a couple now, of these cases so well, far. Well, a couple are couples. You know, he's killing the couples um, and a couple where it's just the wife. So we, we, there's speculation that he is targeting women and only killing the men if they're in the way. Oh, wow. So um now the other thing is at this point if you kind of notice there's kind of a tie they've all been italian so far and the police oh. are just starting to pick up on this so, and there was a lot of racism i think a lot of people don't you know yeah we, we know about um uh, we still have racism today so it's not like it went away but there was a lot of racism, especially in the early parts of this country being formed when you came from somewhere other than England. Yep. You know, Louisiana, somewhere other than France. Yep. Like, and well, and also you gotta remember this is post-Civil War. Yeah. So uh the you know, the the black population has been freed, but there's still plantations that need workers. There's still yeah places that need workers and they need cheap labor so they reach out and new orleans gets this large influx of sicilian uh, you know mostly from sicily but italian uh people immigrating into their city to work the plantations wow and a lot of the plantation owners didn't like them because they were so upset because the italians were so good at working and saving their money they would only work for a couple years and then go start their own business. Wow. So okay. Like where they had slaves before that, that they could keep forever and ever. They'd have to constantly get new people. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. okay. So that's part of the, you know, the mindset in this area, in this era, mm -hmm. and especially in this area of the United States at this point. So, so basically, you know, so that one, again, another man arrested, but, let loose for lack of evidence and and by now they're starting to realize wait a minute these are very similar to the bessemer and maggio cases from earlier so just five days later another grocer man named joseph romano was attacked on august 10th is he this stealing any food or groceries do we know any not stealing anything not stealing anything Okay, he's showing up, finding an axe on premise, which apparently there were a lot more axes back then than I even realized, because... Yeah, it was just a common household thing. I mean, you, you, you didn't have central air. You didn't have a heater. So, you know, you got to build a fire those seven random days of winter you get in New Orleans. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you know, 
So, okay. 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 All right. So five days later, another grocer. Yep. Uh, so this elderly grocer lived with his two nieces and the two girls heard the sound of the commotion, uh, you know, the, 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 the attack in the adjoining room where their uncle was living. And they come in a room and they see he's already taken this blow to the head and they see the attacker who flees. Now, though he's seriously injured, he's able to walk to the ambulance once it gets there. But he dies two days later due to the head trauma. Uh oh. Now, the girls describe the attacker. This is where we get our first description dark skinned, heavy set, and he wore a dark suit with a slouched hat. All right. Again, so nothing was stolen. Used the own hatchet and the own blade, you know, so that he found. These seem like hits. Like not serial killer. These seem like like hits. Like and that's the immediate theory. The police start thinking, wait, these are all Italians. This okay. is mafia. Yeah. Mafia's come to New Orleans. That's their first theory. Okay. Uh that is not so these are hits, you know. Um so the police are now inundated with reports of people saying, oh, I saw the ax man hiding in our neighborhood. You know, uh, they're, they find chisels in backyards. Uh, doors and windows appear to have been tampered with. Okay. And so now people are literally open carrying shotguns and taking turns over watching their families as they sleep at night. Um, and then one report was that the ax man pretended to be a woman and jumped over a fence in their backyard. And we're talking about panic now. The city is terrified. Um, and then suddenly it stops. What? Just yep. stops? Everything, you know, months pass. Because this was, you know, remember, this is August. Okay. So. September, October, nothing. And people start calming down a little bit, right? Okay. November, December, nothing. Maybe he took a holiday. Who knows? Oh, wow. Well, the Sunday part is during that time, everybody's going to calm down and think he's gone or whatever, right. or that he... I mean, a lot of times they, and even to this day, to even to this day, there is an assumption when things stop like that that they had a medical situation, or situation. That, or that they're in jail. There's a lot yep. of assumptions when that happens. I'll tell you, the Golden State Killer. I want to talk about that at some other point. Changed that a little bit because he was one, and so was um, the Green River Killer that got married and have children and BTK and took breaks during the time they were being family people. So it's a whole weird dynamic when somebody suddenly just stops, right? Yep. Okay, so- Okay, we're, so we're... March 10th, 1919, Charles Cortamilia, I hope I pronounced that right, another Italian grocer, lived with his wife, Rosie, and their two-year-old daughter, Mary. And they were in the town of Gretna, 
just across the Mississippi River from New Orleans. Okay. Then they heard screams coming from their residence in the early morning hours. Uh, the neighboring grocer, uh, Lorlando Giordano, rushes across the st street and he finds that the three had been attacked. Are they alive uh, at all or are they dead? What had happened was Rosie had awakened to find her husband struggling with a large man wielding an axe. When her husband fell to the floor, the assailant turned on her as she held her daughter and begged for their lives. Undaunted, the killer slams the axe down on both mother and daughter. Oh no. And when the neighbor arrived, Charles was in a pool of blood on the floor as Rosie stood in the doorway with the head wound, clutching her dead daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, the couple was rushed to the hospital. Both were treated for skull fractures. Charles was released two days later and his wife was still in the hospital. Now, when she woke up, she said it was the grocer that found her, Lorlando Giordano, and his 18-year-old son, Frank, that did it. Oh, no. Lorlando was 69 years old and in poor health. And Frank was too big to have fit through the loose panel in the back door, but they were both arrested. And now Charles, who's, you know, survived, says it wasn't them. You know, uh, he's like, I don't know why she would say that. Um, but they were tried and they were found guilty. And they were, Frank was sentenced to hang and his father was sentenced to life in prison. And that and is so that, amazing to me. Yeah. And then Charles says, you know what, Rosie, I can't stand you lying like this. So he divorces her. Wow. Well, I mean, morals, I, I can, I can get behind morals. Yeah. Now a year later, she recants her claim and says she did it out of jealousy and spite. And with her claim being the only thing that tied them to the crime, they got released. Good. They shouldn't have been in jail. Are you effing kidding me at this point? That's ridiculous. Yep. They didn't and do anything. So now New Orleans is in fear again and panic. And the police state that these have been committed by the same man. A bloodthirsty maniac filled with a passion for human slaughter was the quote in the newspaper. Well, it seems pretty accurate, but it's... They seem very targeted. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. No, and we are going to take our break before we come back with the next twist on our oh story. God, a next twist. Okay, okay. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Erie, Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goatman of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. 
And what of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock, or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio, to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. This is wild. This is a ridiculously wild ride, I feel like. Oh, it just, it's about to get better. So, oh, wow. Okay. Because now we go into Jack the Ripper mode and Zodiac Killer mode because the Axeman decides it's time to let the world know what he's about. Oh, uh, are we getting letters? Is that what's going to happen? The Times Picayune newspaper. On March 14th, got a letter that they ran the day before that promises another attack. And I'm going to read this letter. And I wish we could have Dick Terhune read this letter because this is definitely right up his. I, I will do my best, Dick Terhune, here. Okay, so do your the best. The address right. is hell. Oh, from March hell. 13th, 1919. Okay. Esteemed mortal. They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe be smeared with the blood and brains of whom he, I, have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell police to be careful not to rile me. Of course... I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis, Joseph, etc. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am. For what it was, better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I don't think that there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep well away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as the most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night at will 
I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15 earthly time, on next Tuesday night, March 19th, 1919, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well then, so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it on Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, it is about time I leave your earthly home. I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy. The Axeman. Wow. Um, I have many thoughts. <laughs> First of all, very few letters received from quote unquote serial killers have been actually from the serial killer. They've right. proven this. I mean, like they, there's a very strong belief and I'm sorry, here, here's Erica about to piss off some true crime fans. That's right. But most people do not believe the Drac the Ripper letters are real. Mm. Right. And actually from Jack the Ripper. Most people don't believe that the uh, Yorkshire Ripper letters are real. Um, BTK, yes, he did write letters. We're going to cover Zodiac. I have a completely different theory on that bad boy. But a lot of times these letters are written. I mean, this is a very eloquent letter. It's long. Jack's letter it's was definitely one of his was real because it had, you know, a piece of one of the victims so we know at least one of them was written. was but the longer more eloquent ones were not yeah. no. that's the thing like this is written almost like fiction i love it no. i love that it's from tartarus I, he's well he's well read because not, not many people understand the different levels of hell and tartarus is well know, and that's hell. why i'm saying i feel like you know you're talking about somebody who has this eloquent writing and then goes around steals axes and breaks into italian grocers and i'm like no. It doesn't make sense but okay benefit of a doubt he writes a letter so, so there cannot possibly be that many jazz musicians in in nolan so well, guess what happens every band in new orleans becomes the hottest commodity in town and and everybody's like trying to find places to go so the town march 19th new orleans rocks every dance hall most of the homes across the city professional amateur bands everybody hundreds and hundreds are playing everywhere well and i just have to say that's that's my birthday and no one was no one was killed no one was killed on my birthday i appreciate no that march 19th 1919 yeah that is not my birthday but i liked his it said jazz it on so i thought that was actually a pretty cool phrase i think that needs to be a t-shirt Jazz he has it on. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's, I'm sorry, but you could always be like, you know, they're not hiring us a lot as jazz musicians. 
Give me a pen and paper. Yeah, I got a plan. I got a plan. Yeah. Let me do this. You can see me do this. Let's, <laughs> let's mad men this. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's be like, you know what everyone needs. So it's kind of interesting. Okay, I'm gonna let you go I, further because I'm so, curious so if that several, ever gets uncovered. Several more weeks, you know, all is quiet, but people still kind of scared. A lot of bands are still playing because hey, it's another thing. So August 10th. 1919. This is all the way since March since we've heard from this guy. Yeah. Another grocer named Steve Boca was attacked in his bedroom as he slept. Boca awoke during the night to find a dark figure looming over his bed. And he was already, he suffered a blow from an axe and he survived. And upon regaining consciousness, he ran to the home of his neighbor where he lost consciousness and collapsed. He was treated for his injuries, but was unable to remember the details of the attack. Like others, nothing was taken from his home, and the panel of the back door had been chiseled away. Doesn't take long. September 2nd, a local druggist, so someone who runs a pharmacy, William, Car William Carson, escapes the axe man when he fires several shots at an intruder who had broken into his home. The killer left behind the broken door and the axe. Wow. Do we know if he hit him? Huh? Do we know if we, we don't hit know? Him? Okay. We don't know. But the next day, September 3rd, a young girl named Sarah Lawman was attacked with an axe while she slept in her locked and shuttered home. Now, she wasn't a grocer or anything like that. When neighbors came to check on the young woman, she, she was unconscious in her bed, severe head injury missing several teeth. Um, again, she received a brain concussion, but again, she survived. And the ax oh. was discovered in the front lawn of the building. Now, okay, so what is your thought on this one? Because when when people stray, when serial killers, some serial killers like the Night Stalker just killed randomly. Like it right. was whatever homes he could get into. There's there's a great Netflix special on him, so I'm not even going to, I yeah, won't yeah. do justice saying it here. But when, when serial killers generally have a specific target that they're targeting, right? Like Jack the Ripper was prostitutes. You know, the Yorkshire Ripper, again, was prostitutes or drunks, ladies of the night, you know, disrep people, uh, disrepute, women of disrepute, I should say. Right. That's not an accurate of them but i'm just saying that's what was thought at the time uh and you know so this guy's going grocers he's done grocers the entire time and then suddenly he switches mo's do we think this is actually related or do we think somebody went you know what if i do this they're going to blame this other dude yeah 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 and that's i was also thinking a little bit of this is that you know maybe copycat a little bit because by this time some of this stuff has been well known in the papers the chisels and the you know the door the axe and all that so it could be something like that so after the girl we have one nothing's heard again for a couple months and the last attack is on october 27th 1919 when grocer mike pepitone another italian grocer was slain that night his wife heard a noise arrived at the door of the bedroom just as the axe man was fleeing the scene He'd been struck, struck in the head and was covered in his own blood. Uh, his murder left his wife and six children you know, behind. Um, 
so she was unable to describe any of the characteristics of the killer, but the usual clues were still there. You know, the axe and the chisel. Um, the authorities worked on the case for forever. They're still working the case. Never seen, but Pepitone is the last known killer, uh, uh, last known victim, you know, in well, of the axe man. Well, you know what I kind of wondered? Okay, I don't, I don't know what's been... I know there's more, so I kind of want you to tell me more because my true crime brain just went into like fierce yes. like gas pedals. So, um, I, I, to me, it almost sounds like, you know, you you put the spin on it that these grocers. I'm gonna take the the female that got axed. I'm taking right. her out of the equation because I feel like somebody just went. You know what? Let's go get rid of her. Let's do it yeah. this way. They'll blame it on the axe murderer. Because this did happen on several cases where there were multiple murders by a same person. Is there are some that appear kind of to be the same, but there's too many inconsistencies like with it that they can't, you know, dump it into that. But um, it seems to me, I almost wonder if this is actually the same killer or if they're no, just- I, I don't it, think so. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, just given an MO because- generally killers tend to escalate like they tend like i get killing all the victims at a certain point but first of all he didn't make sure they were dead like i get hitting him in the head with an axe should do that right but this person was not ensuring that the they were dead that no. and sometimes like attack the one that attacked this is what stands out to me the one that attacked the child right and did that and then attacked the mom is not the same person that would leave six kids alive in the other room. Yeah. And it's like, and you know, the one bit where the one lady said, Oh, it was the neighbors, you know, who did it, you know, our competitors who did it. That's another one where I was like, you know, they, you know, I think she was grasping for, they were grasping for suspects. So they, you know, they were like, Hey, but these guys don't even fit the other ones. So no, not even, at all. They don't even fit the, you know, so the other crimes and all this. So, but, the one thing with me is, you know, he breaks in using the chisel um, and, you know, with ease. And at one point it was a railroad shoe pin, which is very common burglary tool. Yeah. So I think this guy was a burglar who or, escorted. They were burglars and they asked, but it seems to me because they didn't take anything. So this was not monetarily driven. It was a specific target. I, I kind of agree with the theory that this was done. Um, as like yep. scare tactics or taking scare out competition, or something. Yeah. You know, and um, now, what uh, what's funny is there's been some stuff now that we think that he did strike elsewhere uh, after. Okay. Because there's another killing uh, a guy named Joseph Sparrow and his daughter. They're killed in Alexandria, Louisiana, in December of 1920 about a year later, another Italian grocer. Uh, but, uh, and it seems to be very much breaking into it in the middle of the night and attacking them with their own ax. Um, and then uh, Giovanni Orlando in January of 1921 was attacked in DeRitter, Louisiana. And then finally, Frank Scalisi was attacked in Lake Charles, Louisiana in April, 1921. Okay. And again, these are the same basic modus operandi. So breaking into Italian grocery, 
attacking a grocer with their axe and then disappeared. Wow. So those don't count apparently because they weren't in New Orleans. So, well, and you know, I think a lot of law enforcement, there wasn't, I mean, Ted Bundy caused there to be um, CODIS and stuff like that starting in a national database. I mean, it didn't right. still even really go into play a hundred percent until like, I think it was the nineties, like yeah. even cause the, there was a lot of, of the Golden State Killer, which they also call the original Night Stalker, and the Night Stalker in California, there was like four or five of them that were operating up and down the coast and even in other states that they didn't get all the murders linked to because, well, one, these guys didn't confess, and two, they weren't talking to each other and wouldn't acknowledge it and wouldn't even share information. It was 10 times worse and 100 yeah. times worse in the 1900s. Yep. And then, uh, you know, of course, like we talked about where the, uh, we, the, the, the mafia theory, um, there was also a thing called uh, black hand crime. This is some of the Smithsonian when they dug into this, they, they were pointing that out was that, uh, which is basically extortion. You know, don't, you know, you, 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 Hey, hate something to happen to your nice little corner grocery store that you saved up working two years on a plantation to open. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so they thought maybe these were people who hadn't paid, you know, and this was, you know, just a way to cover it up was blaming it on the axe man. But, you know, and then mafia and black hand kind of got combined at one point in this history, even though they were completely different styles. And the mafia really was more of a, you know, kind of a loose organization at this point. It wasn't really the secret crime family. But uh, he also, uh, one of the big leaders of the investigation says he's like it couldn't be a black hand attack because they wouldn't have left a single survivor yeah you know? and uh and well, he was convinced it was still somebody who was like a jekyll and hyde where just when the impulse gets the guy he's got to go kill somebody i again because of how specific this is either this person was wronged or their family was wronged by italian grocers or you know what i mean like it, it's very specific and there has to be something linked to that, that yeah. he chose those particular individuals to target, you know? And I mean, it could be racially motivated, but it, it's such a, it's not Italian families, it's right. Italian grocers. So, yeah. but sometimes we found with serial killers and stuff, it is uh, a very weird thing that can set them off. And sometimes it can't be linked to something i mean who knows it could have been opium use now now there are you know theories on who he was a couple people one guy was pointed out uh jo joseph mumfrey uh was later killed in los angeles by victim mike pepitone's widow uh but they can't find any records of him actually being in new orleans at the time um but then another writer a few years later found another character named uh, Frank Mumphrey who used the alias Joseph Mumphrey who was in the town at the time. So this is, that's the leading prevailing theory that it was this guy because there's also a point where he was a person who killed um, way back at the beginning someone remember that written on the concrete yeah just, you know, right mrs tony 
this guy supposedly knew a Mrs. Tony who had died from an axe wound in another town. Oh, wow. So, so maybe this guy is our boy, at least for some of them. And all that, again, nobody knows. It's it's all speculation, just like Jack the Ripper. You know, hopefully someday we figure it out. You know, but, yeah, and there's a lot. So there's a documentary about this. There's there's a couple, I think. What's the one you're looking at? It's the um the Axeman Murders. There's a documentary that kind of you know links that we'll have links and stuff like that. It's interesting yeah, the for any Smithsonian did a pretty good article on it. And uh that's where I, I use a lot for my research when I was first looking into this. Of course, if you go to New Orleans and you go on any ghost tour, this is your travel, this this episode gang for your well, I, I have another travel too from paranormality, okay. but go ahead, you do your travel. Right. If you go there, you take almost any ghost tour, somebody's gonna take you to one of the locations where uh the 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 attacks occurred or They'll take you just somewhere nearby, but they will always talk about the X-Men. They will take you to any of the jazz clubs that are still very popular in New Orleans. And, you know, you can stay there and be safe. Maybe that's why he doesn't kill anymore. Um, I would say you could travel to Tartarus, but you can only do that in Dungeons and Dragons and a few other role-playing games. I'll be careful with that before all the demons come to get us, you know. I saw another, oh my gosh, I saw, I have to just throw this in. It has nothing to do with this, but I saw, you know, cause we did our whole episode on satanic panic and stuff like that, yes. but there was um, these kids who killed this um, mother and daughter and um, how they met was they met doing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And so there were a bunch of kids in a small town, rural town. And one of them was definitely a psychopath. Like he planned out these murders. They like went out of their way to do this. And it was very interesting to me because the first thing they mentioned about this was, well, there were strategy with Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, okay, here are four psychopathic children that decided to go, you know, one of them's obviously leader when you read the story, yeah. decided to go kill people, but they had to throw the D&D aspect on the front. Uh, it's, I'm like, it's like oh. the, what, the vampire murders where it was the vampire, the masquerade was the game that they all bonded over. And, and yeah, you know, people, yeah. it people meet doing all kinds of things. You wouldn't yep. go, oh, look, they all met, you know, playing per cheesy or what is that? Uh, you know, well, it's like the high crew that met playing softball, you know, yeah. the, you know softball's the, the devil, like, yeah. Okay, so my eerie travels and travel you can do, but this is not for the faint of heart. Paranormality, our friends there, you can always purchase anything, any of their content, any of their very cool t-shirts, use the code travels, but they have an article that I'm going to link in the show notes where you can now go camping at the Conjuring House. What? Oh, yeah. that would be amazing. So in Burrowville, Rhode Island, a location once deemed too powerful to live in, a new trend called glamping combines ghostly encounters with camping. Camping? Gamping? I think I'm saying it correct. Tent reservations on the property are available. You can't stay in the house. No, of course not. You stay on the property, right? Um, From June to October, several dates are still open. Um, recommends you bringing respectful offering and invoking protection against anything suspicious. We talk about this a lot, bringing protection, but there are eight different camping sites offered, including spots near the extraterrestrial portal, a pet cemetery, and the floating regrets tent. 
The latter is located deep in the woods near a river and is associated with ghostly tales of deceased children. Participants have access to most of the 8.5 acre property. The website warns campers to expect encounters, sounds of wildlife such as foxes, snakes, coyotes, bats, blah, 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 and other mysterious creatures lurking in the dark. However, self-service and internet connection may be unreliable during this stay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so, in the middle of nowhere, so... It is. Um, so the cost of camping ranges from three to four hundred dollars per night. It For is camping, not inexpensive. Not, yeah, not, not a hotel. Yes. And so um, there, you know, due to the house's powerful energy, the previous uh, owner who sold it to the new owner basically made them agree in the contract that nobody was allowed to live in the house. Yeah. They wouldn't sell it if they let people live in the house. Um, they don't let you you know, yeah. ghost hunt in the house and all that. There's a lot of stipulations on the lease and all that. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Yes. Yeah. And so they're going to be day tours. So you can do that if you're camping there and um, you can book an overnight stay for paranormal investigations um, because the legend is the house is haunted by the presence of Babsheba Sherman, the former resident from the 1800s. Yeah, which is she's gotten kind of a bad rap as a as a historical figure because, you know, the ghost series, of course, they've got to make her scarier than she is and all that. So but uh, we also think maybe that none of that's true. So we'll find out. But it's stuff we don't understand and definitely worth your, you know, worth a trip. It's a beautiful place and a iconic, you know, nothing else. I mean, I would love to see if they could do that at the Amityville house, you know, camp out in the yard of the Amityville <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's so interesting. Some of these places and we'll be traveling to some of them. Oh, I'm yeah. not a big camper. So no, we'll, no. yeah, I don't think no. either one of us are big camping people, but it'll be interesting. And travelers, if you go stay there, we'd love to hear your stories of that. And if you know any stories of the New Orleans yes. Jazz Axeman, please share it with us. Yeah. And you know, feel free. There are I, I no way did a deep dive on this because that's actually going to be in a forthcoming book for me. But, uh, you know, there are plenty, like I said, watch those documentaries and other stuff. It's a fascinating story. We just scratched the surface, really. Uh, and uh, that may have been a poor turn of phrase there. I apologize. Oh, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot to it. The, the, the red herrings and the other suspects that I just kind of glossed over. Some of their stories are fascinating, too, why they were suspects and how they got out of it and all that. So it was before they realized these guys were you know, he was using their own stuff against them. So, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. So, but with crazy. that note, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you know, turn up your jazz music, you know, cut a nice rug and uh, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs>